you have a minute, then welcome to the Miracle in the Mess podcast with me, your host, Kaylee Rivera Thompson. This is the podcast serving up biblical thoughts and on-the-go devotionals in just five minutes or less. Yes, short breaks with God can lead to big breakthroughs. There are miracles in the mess if we'll just take this short moment to look for them. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey, you guys, welcome back to another Miracle in the Mess podcast. We're normally five minutes or less, but today I wanted to bring in a very special guest because I wrote a devotion book a while back called Matrimony, Motherhood, and Me, and maybe that makes me feel or sound like an expert in those categories, but what that really came out of was the fact uh, that I failed a lot. I failed a lot in marriage, I failed a lot in motherhood, and it's all the things that I learned from the fails. But if we back up even further than that, Gage and I started dating when we were babies, tiny wee babes. babies. And I was pretty bad at relationships. And so you were, I learned a lot from you. And really most of these writings came out of things that I learned with you. And so I wanted to take time to just invite you in to the Miracle and the Mess podcast and ask you a few questions if that's okay. But before we get there, um, can you just tell the people, the Miracle and the Mess fam, who who are you? Who am I? <laughs> My name is Gage Alexander Thompson, the first. Uh, I don't know. What do you want to know? I'm married to the wonderful Kaylee. I like all things extreme. Uh, so I was an extreme sports athlete. Growing up, um, you were a professional wakeboarder. I I was something like that. Yes, I was. I had the ability to travel and tear up my body. Um, I don't know. I, I think the thing I take the most pride in is is being a dad. So that's something that I've always wanted to do. Uh, and you have given me that privilege and mm-hmm. that honor. We have three baby girls, yep. so they keep me on my toes. Yep. And you, Gage, kind of radically came to know the Lord at eighteen. Went from pro athlete life into ministry yeah, and crazy. pastored for over a decade yep. and then hopped out and now runs his own house flipping investment something. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's so that's fun. what we do. Entrepreneur life. Chipping Joanna Gaines oh style. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not You're at crazy. all. Not at all. Um, we have great partners who do the things. So, um, our friends sent us in some questions, and I just want us to start there, and then we'll unpack the things. But they're kind of the fun. They're kind of fun. Okay. Okay. Um, first one, how did we meet? <laughs> I feel like we would have very different stories on this. So how did we, How did from your perspective, how did we meet? <laughs> yeah, so from my perspective, uh, Kaylee and I were um, working slash interning uh, at the same church, and she saw me. She had to have me. She couldn't resist, and... The chase was on. She did everything she could uh, to get my attention at that point. Hmm. That's how we met. Is that how we met? Yeah, I really sealed the deal um, at like a, I don't even know what it's called. Not line dancing, but like. It was contra dancing. Contra dancing. If you don't know what contra dancing is, go look that up. Yeah. It's a fun time. <clears throat> That's my perspective of how we met. Yeah. I'm sticking to it. That's uh-huh. my story. I'm sticking to it. We, um, I was loading a box truck. Mm-hmm. I remember that for the church that we worked for and I looked at you and you were like trying to put the moves on me and I completely squashed them and just said, Hey, you're going to help me or are you just going to stand there? That's true. 
So romantic. So romantic. The first time I ever saw Kaylee, though, she was singing on stage in front of, like, thousands of people, and she was barefoot. Everyone else is, like, you know, dressed up, being normal, and she was barefoot. And instantly, I was like, this girl goes against the grain. I got to figure out who that is. I was on holy ground, babe. She's had to come. <laughs> she's had to come. You're crazy. I actually just think that shoes are tiny traps for our feet, but it's fine. I wear them for social purposes so people don't think I'm... Oh, weirdo. They yeah. probably think that. All right, anyway. next question. Okay. Rapid fire. Um, marriage and raising kids. Someone sent this in. Marriage and raising kids. What has been the hardest thing? I feel like those are two very different. <laughs> yeah, marriage and ra- No, both of them are equal. Uh, no, I think the, the, the common uh, thing between marriage and raising kids when it comes to, like, difficulty is the whole selfless mentality that you have to have. So, I mean, like, when you're single, you know, before you're married or before you're, you know, have kids, basically your life revolves around you. You know, every decision you make is what's best for for Gage, what's best for Kaylee. Um, Well, when you get into a relationship, it changes from what's best for me to what's best for us. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, And then that's just magnifying whenever you bring kids into the, the picture. So, I don't know, that would be my answer to that question yeah absolutely i think the um i'd piggyback off that it just like you know i think we pretty quickly found out that you can't balance everything like there's Mm -hmm. not some magic balance between date night and how much time you spend with your kids or work life and home and i think that figuring out kind of like the groove of that in every season because it's like once you figure it out it just changes again yeah well, and one of my mentors said to us, he actually wrote a book about it. Um, Frank Beeler. Yeah. Uh, he said there's no such thing as balance. The Myth of Balance is his book. Go it's check it book. out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he talks about the ebbs and flows uh, of life Yeah. versus a balanced life. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, oh, I think you can probably guess who sent, them, sent in this one, but we won't call them out. Okay. How do you have a successful dating relationship when you're in college? Gage and I dated while we were, I was a senior in college. Gage had graduated, but I went to Appalachian State and Gage was in Charlotte. And so we were, I mean, I guess, quote unquote, long distance, but it wasn't too far away. Mm-hmm. How would you answer that? I, I'm trying to wrap you it. You were great at this. I was well, no, I'm horrible. Trying to, I'm trying to wrap it down <laughs> because there's so many different aspects to that question. Um, I think if I had to boil it down to one, it would just be intentionality. And what I mean by that is intentionality can fall under the category of like uh, love languages or, you know, pursuit or initiating dates or, you know, whatever the case may be. I also think, and this is probably actually more important, intentionality in regards to like setting yourself up for success or like maximizing time, but in a safe like manner, if that makes sense. So we dated long distance while she was in college. I, I think, you know, it might... My answer might be different if we dated and went to the same college. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know I what I mean? what you're saying. Yeah. So, like, for, for us, because we dated long distance while she was in college, it was intentional, like, uh, with during-the-week phone calls or sending gifts or letters or intentionality mm-hmm. when I did go see her or when did she did come to see me because we had very limited time. Um, and then in the midst of that, setting ourselves up for success so that we didn't put ourselves in a vulnerable position or a tempting position or a position that could compromise who we are or right. our relationship. So 
Yeah. I think you were really great about when you came to visit, we would make that time really special. Mm -hmm. And we did really fun things because we, I lived in the Appalachian mountains. We would go on a hike. Um, you would, we would make homemade pizza. We had this like pizza tradition in our family. It started way back then. Um, yeah, I think that intentionality is what went so far in that season when my life felt like a dumpster fire. Um, someone asked me, what is it like being married to such a studly hunk like Gage? Mm, mm. I don't know who that was. Man, um, <clears throat> honestly, it's a dream. It's a dream. Whatever. Babe. You don't have to lie to these people. I'm not. You know, you're the best. Really, you are. You put up with a lot, and I'm really grateful. Um, so we're going to dive in. Earlier in February, you all have listened to four different devotions, essentially, that came out of the Matrimony, Motherhood, and Me devotion book. And I want to walk through these with Gage because he's really the, the one who taught me. That's um, not true. All of these things. She's crazy. You at least learned them with me. We, we learned. I either together. failed personally or we failed up together. Oh my goodness. Um, so we back up and we actually sat in marriage counseling yep. for a season. Mm. and A season. Multiple seasons. For a hot minute. And <clears throat> we, we sit down and the marriage counselor said something that actually genuinely changed the way that I view, I think every relationship ever, but especially our marriage relationship, we sat down and he was like, Hey, the client isn't you Gage or you Kaylee. The client is the marriage itself. Mm-hmm. And it's, it really helped me to see us as a unit. Yeah. And so we, we kind of started to talk about this concept of how we is greater than me. Mm-hmm. And the verse that I quoted earlier is, therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate, Mark 10, 9. You know, like we hear that every wedding ever. Mm-hmm. But my question is, what is the most practical way? Because I, you know, this is how we work, right? Like I get way in the weeds of theology and what is the Hebrew and the Greek and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, but Jesus just loves you. And you just you kind of help me come back to the practical level of applying, Keep it simple. Yes. applying these things. So. Um, we've learned more about the in-depth of that, but what is the most practical way to build a life together on Christ as a couple? How do we practically live out we is greater than me? Just a light, light-hearted question. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I actually, I do think it's very simple. I think it's, uh, you know, every day reminding yourself, again, like I mentioned earlier, it's, it's not about you. Like when you get married or you're in a relationship, it's not what's best for Gage anymore. It's what's best for us as a couple, you know? And so I think, you know, in moments that can be tricky, right? Because our natural uh, tendency as humans is selfish. You know, we want what's best for us, um, our desires, our needs, our wishes, et cetera. So, um, so it is natural for humanity to be pulled into that selfish side of you. Uh, and I think it's in those moments, at least for me, like I will literally stop and count to three and breathe um, and, and like take myself out of the emotional piece, you know, of mm-hmm. the moment um, and then make the most logical decision, which is no, what's best for our family or what's best for our girls or what's best for you in this moment. So I don't know. I don't know That's if that good. makes sense. That makes total sense. Piggybacking a off- lot. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, go. I think 90% of that question uh, or the tension in that scenario can be 
resolved in relationships if people would just not uh, react but respond. Mm. So not react in the moment emotionally, but like take a moment, reflect, you know, pray, mm-hmm. call somebody, you know, uh, in your corner and bounce it off, you know, process it with, et cetera. And then when you do engage, you're responding to it in like a healthy way. Yeah. Not reacting. Anyway. Piggybacking off that, something that you started to say a long time ago, and I don't even know how, how did you know to say this? How are you so, so wise? Um, I'm smart. We, we would get in arguments or something and you would be in the middle of it and you'd be like, Kaylee, we're on the same team. And that is something that You've reiterated over and over and over again, so much so that I even wrote a devotion about it in Matrimony, mm-hmm. Motherhood, and Me. But the verse that comes out of that is, For this season a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And if we're all on the same team, like our kids are on our team, mm-hmm. we're on a team. And I think this reference is great for us because I wasn't a pro athlete like some people that I know. But... I did play sports for the vast majority of my life. And, you know, like you're, when you're on the same team, you're making plays that help the whole team score. You know, it's not just about you, the we over me. But what does that really mean that we're on the same team? And how do we, as, or how do other couples, anyone listening to this, just apply that to their everyday life? I mean, when I hear that, that's what I use as a filter for how we navigate our relationships every day. You know, I I wish there was like a magical wise way that we came about that. Honestly, it was through trial and error. I mean, the the way we got to that saying, and that's like a a pillar that we live and and base a lot of our decisions off of in regards to like our relationships and our family. But it came from like a very uh, difficult space. It was when we got married, I mean, our whole life's changed, you know, Um, and we found ourselves in moments where we were, I wouldn't say arguing, but like, you know, it was like a debating almost where it's Mm -hmm. like, no, 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 I'm right. Like you should, you should do things this way. This is how certain things around the house should look or needs to look because it was the way I was raised or it was what was normal for me for the first 20, you know, when did we get married? 24? I was 23. You were 23. For the first 23 years (laughs) of my life. Right. Uh, and vice versa, there were certain things that were ingrained in her, you know, and so uh, it's easy for people to get, you know, um, I, don't, I don't know the word. Defensive. Though. Defensive, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. So it came out of that place um, and through marriage counseling and stuff like that, learning that, you know, the couple is the client, not one versus the other. It's together. Um, I don't know. I think that's where that saying came from for us. Yeah, I think if we back up in our story, because I think this is important, we came from, we both came from very different families of origin. Mm-hmm. Um, we also came from a little bit culturally different For sure, families. Ba- very different, yeah. And then on top of that, we met, as we referenced before, working in ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, we burnt out in that ministry completely like crash burn flames and then started our lives over we moved away from charlotte and started over in colorado so we moved to aspen colorado we packed everything we owned into our car wasn't a lot wasn't a lot and lived in the tiniest studio apartment in aspen 
that ever existed. It was a converted motel room that had a cracked window in the freezing mm-hmm. winter and the toilet leaked. Do you remember that? I do. And we washed our dishes in the bathroom sink. It was a very glamorous time. But honestly, we we got to start over there. And I think mm-hmm. that's where a lot of these concepts yeah. kind of started to evolve, where we got to start our own yeah. little family. And one of the things that has been really helpful, and we actually got this concept from um, the Beth Keys, Jefferson Beth Key and his mm-hmm. wife. Um, we don't know them personally. I would love to, though. But they... Um, they have this concept of a team and they do a family calendar, which is how we started doing that. And so one of the things that really, all that to say, one of the things that really orients us, I think as a family and a team is we sit down, not every Sunday, but most, the vast majority of Sundays, Mm -hmm. and we sit down with the family calendar. We impact the week. We let our kids come up with a few words that will inspire us throughout the week. We're like, what's the words of the week? Um, we talk about like the Bible verse they learned at church and then, um, we plan some fun activities together and go over what chores need to be done. But we look at that, that week as a collective unit. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think even going off of that, something that's been helpful more recently, uh, cause Kaylee's, you know, got certain things she's juggling with books and work and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, I've got a handful of things that I'm juggling too. Uh, and Lots going back, of balls are in the air. Yes, but going back to that me versus we, you know, it's easy for me to leave work like at the office or on the job site. And then when I get home, I'm like stressed out or I'm tired and I'm exhausted. And and if I don't let Kaylee into what's happening in the workplace, she just is kind of like when I come home and I'm exhausted and tired, she, she can't read my mind yeah. or read my exhaustion level unless I communicate it, right? So like... Going back to that me versus we, the calendar has helped us uh, on Sunday nights kind of stay on the same page. We also do it on Wednesday nights after the girls go to bed where we just sit down and kind of like debrief uh, where we at for the week so far and then what's to come uh, just to to make sure that we're on the same page so that one, we can like sympathize and you don't understand. Um, But then, I mean, really, it's so we don't take it personally. You know what I mean? Like if we're not getting... Uh, from our spouse, like what we need or what we think we need. Yeah. You know, we're more understanding, I guess. Yeah. We're kind of calling it like a connect night and that Mm -hmm. has been a game changer for sure for us. For sure. Um, so if you're a couple, I think those are, if you have a family, I think the family calendar thing, or I mean, even just as a couple, I think that would be so helpful. And then, um, if you can find a connect night, this isn't a date night, you know, this isn't some of it's task oriented, you know? So it's not like, Mm -hmm. you know, but we do put the phones away and, and it does lead to like, deeper conversation and all those things. But yeah. most of the time it starts out like, here's what we're doing. Here's what, you know, and I think, I think something that, uh, is not to be ashamed of. I think this is actually very, very helpful, uh, in relationships going back to like me versus we, uh, when we think about we, uh, for us, at least it's been putting systems in place, um, to make certain things a priority. Right. So we're yeah. talking about communication and being on the same page right now. Well, that didn't just happen naturally. It's not like we just, did that uh not at all again it came out of like a, a place of pain right like we we realized this was actually a, a, a area in our relationship that we're terrible at so what we did was put in a system and a you know a system in place to make us better at that right yeah. um so i don't know I, I just think if if you're in a relationship right now um don't be scared to one reflect but then two uh put systems and processes in place to help you get to where you want to do i mean it's normalized in fitness and work, work everything and else. in those spaces, yeah. I think it's a little bit less normalized in relationships. Um, 
but just as valuable, if not more valuable. guys just interrupting this podcast really quick to tell you a little bit about the devotional book that you hear referenced in today's recording it's called matrimony motherhood and me and i wrote it for the young married mom who is longing to redefine her view of marriage purpose and placement there is a miracle in our mess instead of letting life drain us dry we can be inspired to overflow a real faith into our family leave a legacy of love with our spouse and find extraordinary things even in the most ordinary of days. You can purchase this devotional book on my website at kriveratompson.com or hop over to Amazon and grab it there. All right, go check it out. Thanks for listening. And now back to our podcast. Because if you can almost automate those things that you need, not that Mm -hmm. we're machines, but in that sense of like, it's a natural reflex to sit down on Saturday nights. It's a natural reflex to sit down on Wednesday nights. So you're making sure you connect. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I hear you. Um, We're going to kind of jump. I mean, it's not a different direction, but sort of. So when Gage and I got married, we didn't do a unity candle. We poured sand into a jar. I have no idea where I found that from. It was probably some, you know, weird Pinterest idea. Probably. So, um, it was cool though. It was cool. Um, I, I didn't like have this, like, I'm going to get married fantasy. I think I actually thought I was going to like be a missionary and live in a hut in Africa. So engage came along and we started dating and he started to have (laughs) more serious conversations. I started to run at first and then I was like, no, I really like this guy. (laughs) So I stayed. I'm glad you stayed. (laughs) He gave me lots of freedom and that was necessary. But because of that, I feel like planning our wedding. I was like, I do not know. I have not thought about this very much. And so I found this idea somehow, but we essentially put rocks in the bottom of a jar Mm -hmm. and poured, we each poured different layers of sand. Those rocks represented God, um, our, you know, our faith as our core. And then those layers of sand were us. Yeah. And it was two different colors. So it was like rocks and then it was like a blue and white sand. And you put it in, and it kind of, like, mixed yeah. together. Blue, because you're a boy. I'm just kidding. Yes. Um, the verse that we talked about with this, and the theme was called Love Your Layers, but the verse is, love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, love never fails. Mm-hmm. These are so many verses that you read at weddings, but um, yeah. I want to get, you know, to the meaning of them, and then practically, like, what does that mean? So, 1 Corinthians 13, 7 through 8. Um what I talk about in the devotion is that over time we've moved, we cart, did we cart this thing to Colorado mm-hmm. with us? Yeah. It went everywhere. We, yeah. Um, another thing, another thing that happened is one time I, I, this used to sit in our old mm-hmm. house on the top of our bookshelf, yeah. you know, so that it wouldn't break. Oh, I know. I remember. <laughs> and I became very determined to change out a wreath that used to sit at the top of that. She bookshelf. wouldn't wait. For me to get home and to do it for um, her. You know, I am woman. Hear me roar. I decided to climb up mm-hmm. there. Like a child. And no change ladder. Out, change out. I did have a ladder. A step stool from our children. And decided to climb up there and change out the wreath. So I got this really great idea. And I took the broom with me. And I was too short still to reach the wreath. So I put the broom under the wreath. Slid Just the wreath. They know where it's going. Just tell them what okay. happened. I slid the wreath down. It was like full ninja move. It was awesome until the wreath hit the jar. Mm-hmm. 
um, the jar shattered into a million pieces. You the called me. Sand went all over the ground. Crying. It was a rough go, and the premise of all this really is mm-hmm. that life completely can shake us. Mm-hmm. You know, those layers over time, over moves, over actual things breaking down in our lives they get completely shaken up Mm -hmm. and that those sand grains of sand were so intertwined, especially at that point that, um, you really can't tell the difference between what was blue or white. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the thing that never changed is the rocks Mm -hmm. in the bottom, you know, like God doesn't break, he's not fragile. And so my question is when they're shaking and shifting, how do we allow that to make our relationship stronger rather than tear us apart? Because I really think that's the fork in the road that you hit, mm-hmm. right? Like things start to sift or shake and we either can decide to let that bring us closer together yeah. or tear us apart. So practically, how do we bring in trials and shaking? Mm-hmm. How do we let that bring us closer together? Yeah. I don't know. Why don't you answer that one? Oh, geez. Come on. <laughs> Got her. No, I think you should. I would love to hear your insight on this one. I actually like Kaylee was distraught when that uh, that vase broke or whatever. Um, But we we picked up the sand, we put it back together. Not the vase. We we put the sand back into a new vase. Um, And we put it in a mason jar that cannot shatter. (laughs) A shatterproof mason jar probably fits our relationship a lot more. It does. Um, But I actually uh, like looking at that more because it is all intertwined and yeah. like blended um because before it was like rocks and it was like blue and white sand but like they were still separated but they were like mixed in there if that makes sense yeah, like, yeah. A, like a swirl or whatever like layers there was different layers of it um which i think originally the idea was still awesome yeah. um but it was still separated like mm-hmm. you versus me or mm-hmm. me versus you or you know that where after it broke and it was all blended together it was truly like like one yeah you know? So, anyway. I think, for me, one of the greatest skills I think we've developed that has bonded us closer is the ability to suffer together. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, for um, sure. when we met, I was having blackout panic attacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, awful. There are times where um, I was singing on stage at a fairly large church um, and still do, but there was, like, there were times I would be backstage in the green room and you would walk by it and I would just grab your hand and I would be like physically shaking mm-hmm. and sweating. And then in college, there are several times where I would call you from class. Mm-hmm. I would even call you then. And I would be like walking in class. <clears throat> it was awful. It was awful. Um, but you walked with me through all of that. And then there are things that we've just gone through like hard seasons and the ability to walk through those together has bonded us. But I think if we would have chosen to not intermingle those Mm -hmm. layers, you know, to, to be like, okay, this is my battle. I'm going to leave you out of it or, um, not let you in to some of those things that feel a little more personal or intimate. Mm -hmm. Um, or even into my conversations with God, like, here's what I'm praying for. Here's what I'm asking for in this season. Um, I think, I think in those seasons, it's either, you either learn to depend on each other mm-hmm. or you start to be, try to become self-sufficient. Yep. Um, and I, so I think that dependence on each other is something that I had, to, that was a new muscle for me to flex. I yeah. did not know how to do that. 
and learned how I remember you telling me one mm-hmm. time, Kaylee, it's okay to need me. Yeah. And I was like, ew. And then I was like, wait, no, like it is okay. Mm-hmm. And that was such a weight off of me to be like, okay, I can need somebody. And if I'm going to need somebody, it's going to be my husband. And For so sure. learning to need you in those seasons, even when I've had panic attacks later, mm-hmm. waking you up in the night and stuff. Yeah. And it's awful. And I'm so, so sorry for that. No. Um, but the permission to need you um, and to just walk through that together has mm-hmm. changed everything. And the, like it lets those layers intermingle in a beautiful way rather than separate yeah and again i think going back to practical it's like uh obviously it takes both it's both and right it's not one or the other i think you know and at different times we've you know played different roles in this formula but i think one of it is part one person in the relationship has to be vulnerable enough and transparent enough to be open and to to let the other person in um, while well, I think the other person in the equation has to be intentional enough or selfless enough to like ask the questions or almost pull out, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, the information from their, their spouse or from the person that they're in a relationship with. So it's got to happen, uh, no matter what it's, you know, I think being able to reflect and understand in the, the ebbs and flow of life, uh, what stage or season you're in, do I need to be more vulnerable and transparent? Um, and let Kaylee in, uh, be more intentional with that. Or is, or are we in a space where I need to pull things out of her because she's, she's running or she's, you know, hermoning up or whatever. So, yeah, I think, well, I mean, I think the Enneagram helps too, which is like something <laughs> so Christianese at this oh. point, but it helped us understand each other a lot. It did. So, um, we're, if you're in a couple in our numbers, I guess it would be helpful to reference, but I'm technically a seven, hard wing eight, mm-hmm. and Gage is a three. I would say pretty hard wing two, but I can see you go back and forth. I mean, you flex in both wings, right? Solid but three. Solid three. So, I've been um, a three my whole life, you know what I mean? Scale to one to ten, three. Stop. What a stud. Stop. You're an 11. Oh my gosh. You're an 11. Um, so essentially, like in times of crisis, yes, I become the energizer bunny, mm-hmm. and you hermit up. You get in a YouTube hole. What do you call I'm that? Exhausted. Yes. Lethargic. Like you, um, it's like where you get so paralyzed by what's mm-hmm. going on, you feel like you can't do anything. Paralyzed. Yeah. That. That's- so, um, I you used to look at me and be like, "Dear God, woman, calm down," and then. I used to look at you and be like, why are you being so lazy? Are you not freaking out? Yeah. But we learned to read those signs of when I'm overreactive. You're like, hey, are you okay? For sure. Yeah. One, I, so something we learned in counseling a long time ago was there's a primary emotion and a secondary emotion. The secondary emotion is essentially the symptom. So like the behavior. What's the root. The, well, no, the behavior, like what's oh, actually yeah, yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah. So like if you're the energizer, like that's a behavior. That's a secondary emotion. But that's not. The, actually, the primary emotion, yeah. that's not like what's actually going on, right? So as we've learned our Enneagrams and like how that we're wired, et cetera, uh, we've been able to pick up on those things and identify those things so that one, we don't take it personally, um, but then two, we know how to like pivot or adjust accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, we also did a thing in counseling where we learned, which every relationship has, uh, they call it the unhealthy, unhealthy cycle. Um, 
like oh yeah friendships have it dating relationships have every, like, every relationship, every has, relationship it. Yeah, yeah. has it um and so once we were able to like learn that and going back to the emotions uh we were able to like well let's just tell them almost like is. see the cycle yeah. as it's starting and then we were able to stop it uh almost immediately which yeah. is was so helpful can we just tell them what sure. ours is it's like an example yeah. can you help me remember so yeah so uh and these are in no order like it can start anywhere, anywhere right yeah. so for kaylee uh when she's super stressed or not feeling supported or seen she gets very critical so that would be that oh yeah black and white and then when she gets black and white and critical it makes me feel over here like i'm not enough or that i'm failing when i feel like i'm failing then i move into a space to where i get lethargic you know i start getting lazy or backing off when i when that happens, Kaylee feels like, you know, she's not supported. She's, you know, so, so it just goes around through. and around. And yeah. when she doesn't feel supported, she gets critical. And when she gets critical, it, does that make sense? So that's our unhealthy cycle. And so now if Kaylee's critical, instead of me taking offense to it, uh, which I still do, but if she gets critical, instead of me taking offense <laughs> to it for three weeks, I can take offense to it for like 10 hours and then I quickly am reminded, like, hey, Kaylee being critical has nothing to do with me. It actually has everything to do with her being exhausted, her, her feeling stressed, her not feeling supported, et cetera. And then that moves me into a headspace to where I can love her the way she needs to be loved. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. And vice versa. If I see and you doing that, versa. I'm like, hey, is everything okay? Yeah. What do we need to talk about? How can I love you better? Not that I'm like awesome at always answering those things, but. Yeah. We at least know to ask those questions and to try to break the cycle. And then once it's broken, good to go until it starts again. Until it starts again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the very last thing, I want to try to end on a little bit of a fun note. So um, when we first got married, we were brushing our teeth. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> and I just grabbed the toothpaste. Mm-hmm. I just grabbed it, and I squirted some toothpaste on my toothbrush, and I brushed my teeth. In a very teeth. terrible manner, too. And you looked at me like I had four heads, and you were like, was, why do you do that? disgusting. And I was like, brush my teeth? <laughs> and you were like... She did not just brush it. She grabbed the toothpaste. Like, it was just laying there. She just grabbed it and just squeezed it from the top and put the little... It was terrible. You just put... You just put, I still just put toothpaste on a toothbrush, but she messed up the toothpaste. Gage pushes the toothpaste from the very bottom, like a normal human, all the way to the top and gets it all perfect and then squirts it on his toothbrush. Mm -hmm. And I just grab and go. So, um, you know, comment how you do your toothpaste, but the right way. The verse that I want to come back to here is <laughs> Ephesians 4, 2 through 3. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And um, we've had to make peace over our toothpaste. Yes. But I'm saying all this to say that you get married. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we're almost a decade into this now, which it's is crazy. wild that we're just old farty farts at this point. But... Um, we're different. We are. You know, we're very, very different people. And then on top of that, you know, we thank God are loved perfectly by God, but I'm imperfect. You're imperfect. We got married and then we decided to birth tiny imperfect people and just live under this little imperfect house. And it just creates a lot of like crazy sometimes 
what does it look like to celebrate our spouse's differences rather than let them divide us? Just a little bit of what we were talking about with the layers, but yeah. how do we go like, oh, I'm so glad you do your toothpaste that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the toothpaste is like the silly, the silly thing. Um, and I think those are like the easiest things to move past. Um, but the principle that you're talking about is a very serious one, right? Like, um, right. like you're wired differently. Your personality is different. The things that bring you life or refuel you is different than me. Um, and if not communicated, if not, uh, if relationships don't try to understand one another in, in those manners, then it can be very dividing. Like you're, you're talking about, mm-hmm. uh, I think for us, it's like, we always just try to celebrate the differences. So like, you know, Kaylee, uh, keeps us on our toes is always, um, keeping our family on the run <laughs> in a good way. Um, very creative, you know, creative stuff like that. Um, very hos- like hospitable. Yes. You like to host yeah, yeah. a lot of people. Um, we're like, that's not naturally the way that I'm wired to. So instead of me again, viewing Kaylee, like she's broken, uh, I'm able to celebrate the way that God has like naturally like wired her. Um, and then I think with that being said, if I can celebrate that and if I can see it as a blessing, then I can really start to benefit from it. And that's not like a selfish way because she's able to pull things out of me mm-hmm. um, that I didn't know were there. Or she's able to um, help grow me in certain areas that like if I wasn't with her or if she wasn't wired that way, I would never I would never grow in, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, so you make me the best version of myself because you are so weird and because you are so different thank you yeah Yeah, i i would say that to you like what exactly what you're talking about like the pulling things out Mm -hmm. of me so it's kind of like instead of looking at what makes you different it's like okay they actually make me better because it's like a complimentary thing versus a against me thing yeah um and i think the way that you kind of get on the same page is like communicate, Hey, you know, like that, I see what you're doing, you know, when mm-hmm. it's hard, but talking through it and figuring out how you can best support each other in it. Yeah. Like for example, Gage loves to hunt. Um, I do have a bow and I can shoot <laughs> some days, <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I'm not a, what is it? A huntress, you know, I'm not in the woods No, and, Gage, deer season hits and Gage disappears from our family. However, I'm just kidding. Um, no, she's not. We, we, but we love it. We started yeah. to like figure out a way to love that as a family um, and to like cheer you on as mm-hmm. you go hunt. And I see the benefit of it is, and it feeds our family. Yeah. Um, we talk to our girls. We have these really cool conversations about where our food comes from. Yeah. Life cycles. The life cycle. It, yeah. Right. And so... Um, you know, I think when we, instead of me being like resentful that you're gone on a Saturday morning, you know, I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. And the way that I talk to our girls about that too, dad's, dad's out hunting, he's going to feed our family. And, you know, it's the way we communicate that and like celebrate that thing that you love to do and vice versa. I think when I'm leading worship or, you know, writing a book or things like that, it's like, okay. Y'all should see me try to get the girls dressed (laughs) on a Sunday morning by myself. They're cute. I try to lay out the clothes. Anything could happen. Anything. As long as I get there. When Kaylee's gone, anything can happen. As long as I get there. Yeah. 
But I think you've done a great job at letting our girls and like, oh, mommy's like, she's singing this morning and getting them excited about, mm-hmm. you know, that we're worshiping God and this is like a, a thing that we do, you yeah. know? And so I think that's super helpful. And I think communicating those differences within your family and with children and with friends yeah. is like well, not. And, and I think when we, I, I think when we don't, sorry, going back yeah. to the original question, I think when we, when we lose sight that like, God doesn't make mistakes. It's easy for us to think that like the way that you're wired or the way that you process things mm-hmm. is wrong. Mm-hmm. And my way is the only right way. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and by doing that, really what we're saying is like, we, God made a mistake when he created you, Wow. which yeah. is not true at all. Like God doesn't make mistakes, you yeah. know? And I think when we're reminded of that or when we remember that, you know, it's a little bit easier in those moments to, to say, no, God like has uniquely crafted me and wired me a specific way on purpose for purpose. God has uniquely crafted and created Kaylee and wired Kaylee on purpose, you know, for purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's not broken. I'm not broken. This is just how God like has uniquely wired us. Um, and I think when we remind ourselves of that, it's a little bit easier, you know what I mean? To mm-hmm. move towards one another, to be unified, to celebrate the differences, to allow it to bring the best out of us. So um, that's way easier said than done, you know? Sure. Uh, but I think if we if we wrap up all of what we talked about, um, you know, it it has to come from a place of, like, God first mm-hmm. and then the relationship. Yeah. Uh, it can't be the relationship, then God. Like, it's, that order's backwards. It has to be God first, and then out of the overflow of that, we're able to love each other well and love the people around us well too. hundred percent. I think, so I saw a quote the other day and it kind of made me think along these lines of like, you know, marriage is hard and divorce is hard. Choose your heart. Choose your heart. Yeah. Um, you know, being lonely is hard and being in community is hard. Choose your heart and Mm being, being a bad parent, being a good parent is hard. Choose your heart. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think obviously what I'm getting at is that, this is a choice like to wake up every day and choose to love each other. This is definitely mm-hmm. the way God created us to like choose one another yeah. as we choose him. Um, and that it goes beyond those like butterfly romantic yeah. things. And the beauty of that is this like long lasting unconditional like unit that forms yeah. um, in a marriage. And so thanks for sticking out I got you. so well, far. Well, I think practically to going back to the practical side, uh, I think understanding that like things are going to look different from season to season. So like there was a time before kids where Kaylee and I's date night that. <laughs> looked dramatically different yeah. than our date nights now. Right. Like dramatically different. Our vacations look different. Um, our spontaneous trip to the mountains look different. Like, and so, you know, I think in regards to celebrating our differences in a way that like brings Mm -hmm. us together and not divides us is also like being okay, having flexible expectations around the differences. Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I mean, now our date nights are so much different. Dinner at home. Dinner at home. <laughs> yeah. Chess. We're learning how to play chess right we now. We are learning so how to play that's chess. That's been a fun date night. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just being flexible. Yeah. I think. Um, 
I don't know if that makes sense. I felt kind of random. Sorry. Yeah. No. Sorry, podcast people. You needed to get it out. I need to get it out. Yeah. What should we have started out doing that we didn't do? <laughs> uh, that feels like a very loaded question. I don't know if I necessarily I mean, starting out, I feel like I was incredibly selfish. No, so, yeah. I did not know how to think yeah, I in mean, that we concept. Yeah, I mean, I think I think embracing the stage and season you're in. So when you're newly married, like, you're in the discovery phase still. You're learning, um, it, and it, it should be a very exciting time because you're learning and experiencing. Uh, you've got the flexibility and freedom to do adventures and go on spontaneous trips and, and do all of that stuff. So I, I would say, one, like, recognize the stage and season you're in secondly embrace that season to the fullest um and this sounds so cliche but like live in the present live in the now i think it's uh easy for some people this was not us but i think it's easy for some people to get married and then instantly be thinking about like a family and kids or you know like start dating instantly be thinking about marriage Marriage, like uh, it's so easy for us to always like think ahead of what's, what's next, next. Yeah. um and what that does is rob us from the present and rob us from the now um and really the development that comes along with the now right so yeah. there, there's things in a relationship when you're newly married uh that can be developed that can't the systems and processes that can be kind of ironed out uh and worked through much easier than it is if you're trying to work those out when you have kids right so I think understanding and recognizing the stage and season you're in, I think, you know, embracing that stage and season it is key. I think as you're, you know, in relationships, and again, this goes for any stage of relationships, I think it's always openly communicating, like your needs, your desires, oh, yeah. how you feel loved, how you feel seen. Um, again, like the, the desires and needs um, that we have when we were, you know, a kidless family before kids, uh, looked different the BC. way BC yeah the way that I need loved um, and cared for uh, in a stressed out season of work looks differently you know so yeah um, I don't know that that's vague yeah, yeah I think practically if I'm just speaking to like females um, your man has you know uh, more desire in him than you could ever imagine to like please you to lead you you know to make you proud to to be the man that he's called to be for you um i think understanding that when he does mess up or when he does fall short or when he doesn't do things the way you think he should do it or you know it doesn't look the way you think it should look um he's not doing that on purpose by any means uh we hope so, not so give him grace <laughs> you know uh extend some patience there um but then also and i think this is the most important if i'm speaking directly to ladies i would say something different but also very pointed to guys too but for ladies i think understanding the power that you have to bring those things out of him mm-hmm. like he might not be where you want him to be you know but you don't it, it can't hurt to encourage you know to speak life to call up to you know do those things um, it can only help him move towards, you know, the direction of being the man God's called him to be. So, I don't know. Does that make sense? That's strong. That's good. Sorry. Jeez. You have any questions for me? <laughs> <laughs> don't be perverted. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I always have questions for you, babe. So we can wrap it up. Uh, it doesn't matter to me. It's up to you. I'm done with my end. I'm done. Cool. Great. Um, Thanks for bringing me on. Anytime. You know, come back and visit us. We like you. <laughs> I will. Um, I am going to pray for... I think we should do a second edition of this, but like a very practical edition, like date night ideas. Okay. Spontaneous adventure day trip ideas. I like it. Date night activities. Remember that time you created that like 21 questions basically that had yeah. us like relive? Yeah. Why we fell in love. That was fun. I think those things could be helpful for these people. Okay. And their relationships. It was helpful for us at least. Well, I'm going to end this podcast and then we can talk about that. Okay. Okay. God, thank you for just anyone listening, God. I ask that you bless these relationships. God, that you guide us as we follow you. Lord, we are so grateful that you are perfect. And though we are imperfect and we love imperfectly, we can learn from a God who has it figured out and who can forgive our mistakes and move us to forgive others, to turn our resentment into um, just bonding and into loving each other well. Um, if our hearts are hardened, may they be softened toward each other. God, I pray even right now that if there are marriages that are struggling, God, that you save them. God, that um, if there are newlyweds out there, that you just bind them together and allow them to learn from our mistakes and um, stand as a unit before you. And God, we we pray for all those families who are in the same season that we're in with marriage and kids and work and just in the throes of it all. God, we ask that um, you be their foundation and guide them as they grow together. And so, Lord, we, we bless these listeners. God, we bless this podcast and we pray that you continue to show us all the miracles in the middle of life's most messy moments. We just speak all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Miracle and the Mess fam, for tuning in to this very special podcast with me and my husband, Gage Thompson. What an honor it is to be here and to walk hand in hand with you in your marriage as you go through motherhood. And I'm so grateful for this community that we have found here on the Miracle in the Mess podcast. I hope you'll jump in with us in March where we are going to walk through the Bible scripturally to the cross, to Easter, because God's word never comes back void and it is more than enough. Amen. So as you're going through this next season, whether you follow the liturgical calendar for Lent or you're just looking to biblically walk and step toward the cross in this next season, we're going to read through the Bible to Jesus being crucified and resurrected. So I hope you will join us for these really special readings through March. I will see you guys next month.